0: and joining us here for the news briefing in the studio is Chemida. Good morning to you.
1: Good morning, Henry. So
0: we're going to begin with COVID-19, an update there. Daily infections have been uh, we can say significantly down over that peak period of where daily infections were well over 1000 and that was certainly a very difficult time for us. Uh, And we were kind of creeping down to a 300 level. I think a lot of people were hoping we could get down from 300 to 200, down to Mm -hmm. 100 eventually, and then have that very low level of uh, new infections. Unfortunately, uh, the number has recently jumped, uh, largely because of these various cluster infections. And again, um, not to pinpoint one particular group, but these Protestant religious educational facilities are the main culprit here. And so... Because of this, we are suffering from extended Mm 2.5 social distancing measures. Could you just first give us an update on the numbers, please?
1: Sure. The number of new daily COVID-19 cases came above 400 for two days in a row, as the country reported 451 more infections yesterday, including 429 local infections. The number went back to the 400 range on Wednesday after staying in the 300 range for the three previous days. The total caseload now stands at 79,762, and with the addition of seven more deaths, the death toll reaches 1,448. On top of this, what's also worrying the health authorities is the potential for spread of the COVID-19 variants, which are considered to be more easily transmissible, because the country reported five cases of the variants on Wednesday. That was the first cluster of variants confirmed to have been transmitted domestically. And health authorities warned that They're not ruling out a possibility of a fourth wave of infections in March or April if the variant cases continue to spread. And as of Wednesday, a total of 39 cases of the variants were confirmed in the country.
0: Yeah, and that's a shame because maybe the hope was we could keep this uh, variant at bay, which we've seen wreak havoc in places like the US and obviously the UK Mm. where uh, the first variant was uh, discovered. But it was probably inevitable that uh, it would eventually get to the local population, and the concerns because of the cases, how it is purported to be seventy percent more yeah. virulent than the normal COVID nineteen uh, virus, that uh, the spread could be a lot quicker, and it would be more difficult to get a handle on the situation. So that's the reality of where it stands right now. What it does mean is probably um, we will see if there are cluster infections, and it's the variant, the the spread is going to be a lot more fast mm-hmm. and and severe, and so it might look like this horizon of where we think after the Lunar New Year's holiday, 2.5 level social distancing will be mm-hmm. immediately eased uh, lower. We're probably going to have to wait and see, and yeah. uh, it's not looking uh, too hopeful. But again, uh, let's keep this in mind, and hopefully everyone can stay safe and socially distanced as we lead up to the Lunar New Year mm-hmm. holidays. Okay, let's go back and talk about what I had discussed during the opening, bida, and that was this historic Uh, motion that was passed at the National Assembly. The impeachment of a senior judge, Im Gun. this was unprecedented and it was approved at the National Assembly. And the reason why this is historical is because no judge in the modern constitutional republic of Korea has ever been impeached before. Now, there is going to be a little bit of a time crunch because the uh, constitutional court is going to have to hear this case without a lot of preparation and they immediately did accept the case. To be heard. And the final decision is the reason why there's a time crunch is because Im is already retiring himself. So the question is is he going to be impeached before that official? retirement occurs, right?
1: Yes. uh, The National Assembly, uh, where the ruling Democratic Party holds a majority seat, uh, passed the motion yesterday, uh, which was submitted by a group of 161 lawmakers uh, led by Itani earlier this week. And it was passed by a vote of 179 to 102. And it is now up to the Constitutional Court to determine the fate of Im who is currently a senior judge at the Busan High Court. The Constitutional Court accepted the impeachment resolution later in the day, and the court will soon review the case. If at least six of the nine uh, justices of the court vote in favor of the resolution, the judge will be removed from office. But it could be quite difficult for the court to make a final decision before his term ends on February 28th. The court could dismiss the case if it cannot deliver its decision before his retirement.
0: So then the question is why, right? Why If, if it's, it seems like the analysis is that the constitutional court is not likely to be able to speedily enough come to a decision mm-hmm. and have all... Uh, a majority of the justices actually rule in favor of this impeachment motion. So the chances are low that this is actually going to be officially implemented. So why even go through all this trouble? I think the reform-minded people on the ruling party side who are deciding to push this through is that they need to want to have a record that says if there are bad judges in the past Mm -hmm. and you've done corrupt things and you've made decisions based on corrupt reasons, you're going to face this kind of... Penalty, and mm-hmm. it is going to be an official impeachment. It might not have officially punished that person, but there is going to be that deterrent effect. So that that's one thing. Now, there are political controversies involved with this because the main opposition People Power Party has been threatening to push forward their own motion to impeach the Supreme Court Justice Kim Yong Soo. Now, why is that? They believe that Kim Yong Soo is too um, politically influenced mm-hmm. in his role as supreme court justice so uh, a little bit of drama about two hours before the national assembly passed the motion im sung Gun and his uh, legal team released um, a recording a conversation between im sung geun and kim myung-soo in return in, in regards to im sung geuns attempt to retire uh, tell us about this
1: Yes, uh, the revelation came amid suspicions that Im Song geun had offered to resign in late April last year for deteriorated deteriorated health conditions after undergoing surgery. But Kim Myung-soo rejected the resignation in the following month to allow the ruling party to impeach him. And Kim had denied the allegations first, saying that he has never said he would not accept the resignation because of the impeachment issue. But in the recording and transcript of a conversation of the two on May 22 uh, last year, which was released by uh, Im Sang-gun's lawyer yesterday morning, Kim said, quote, "If if I approve your resignation today, they will not be able to talk about impeachment, and I don't deserve such criticism." Unquote. And after the revelation, Kim apologized for giving a false account based on vague memory of what had happened nine months ago. And he also told reporters that he's really sorry about the impeachment motion of Im Sang keun being passed. And when reporters asked uh, what he thinks about the claim that the head of the judiciary is being too swayed by political influence, he remained silent.
0: Right. So optics-wise, it certainly isn't a flattering picture being painted by the media of the Kim Jong soo right now in terms of Um, initially having a denial and then showing um, Mm -hmm. proof with a recording that uh, contradicts his claim. And so... Right now, it's uh, certainly unfortunate for him if, as he says, uh, he did not remember the uh, actual content of that uh, discussion and he's just uh, simply kind of um, saying something that he didn't remember and so it was not necessarily um, bad intention or Mm -hmm. not. The optics of it just certainly uh, are not good. And you wonder if it would have been easier for him to be a little bit more forthcoming. Mm -hmm. I think the strategy could have been Well, I I don't know. Maybe uh, we talked about things like that. It's very sensitive. I have a lot of decisions um, and discussions with a lot of judges that work under me. So um, I can't really say for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so being vague like that might have been a little better than Mm -hmm. I'm just saying from a cynical point of view than uh, an outright flat uh, denial. But as you're going to talk about a little bit later with um, uh, that, it it caused a lot of uh, tension and controversy in the National Assembly and affecting some of these other issues that are Mm -hmm. contentious as well but uh, one one thing we should point out bottom line is that this supposed conversation that took place about that resignation really doesn't have anything to do with the impeachment motion itself in terms of the context of it. I think there is a widespread agreement and even the uh, main opposition is finding it hard to argue for Im Sung Gun that he had corrupt motives mm-hmm. and he did engage in making court decisions that were highly contentious and indeed were uh, very much politically swayed in a in a very uh, I suppose untoward manner where he was trying to do a quid pro quo. I will give this kind of a ruling because I think the Pakman administration is going to look favorably. On me. So, uh, a lot of those issues have already been uh, kind of confirmed mm-hmm. and put to bed. And so, it was a question of does this need to be impeached or not? One side believed it did. The other side obviously believed it didn't. And uh, the uh, Kim jong soo aspect of it obviously is uh, one wrinkle to it. So, with that backdrop, then, Bida, the National Assembly. Had uh, really kicked off this uh, interpolation session in a very loud manner. Uh, so we had these uh, questions about uh, Im Sung-geun's impeachment as well as this other um, claim that conservative media and uh, conservative politicians are trying to raise up about this allegation that the government offered to build a nuclear power plant in North Korea. So just give us a broad overview of what happened during this uh, session, please.
1: Okay. Uh, During the interpellation session, uh, the opposition side repeatedly asked about the accusation that the government planned to construct a nuclear power plant in North Korea. And Prime Minister Chung se kyun dismissed the claims, saying that the accusation is too absurd and it is a politically motivated attack towards the government and the ruling party because it is realistically impossible to build a nuclear power plant in North Korea because of the international sanctions. Then the opposition side lawmakers questioned why they tried to do the impossible in the first place. And Chong said it was because the administration is always trying to think outside the box when drawing up policy agenda. And the opposition also kept arguing that the administration should disclose the content of the USB memory device President Moon Jae-in gave North Korean leader Kim Jong-un at the 2018 Inter-Korean Summit but Chung said uh, they cannot disclose the content for a diplomatic reason. And the opposition also condemned the ruling party's attempt to impeach Judge Im Sung-geun, calling the behavior the destruction of the cons- Constitution. But Chong said any judge who violates the Constitution could face impeachment.
0: Right. So we are heading into an election right now, as we all know, <laughs> we talk about on a daily basis this April. So... What are some of the issues that uh, can be used to, to create wedges and maybe attack points, up, at least for the opposition point of view, uh, if they want to win these uh, mayoral seats in both uh, Seoul and Busan? They don't seem to have any more say about prosecutorial reform because with Yun Yo kind of pushed out of the spotlight now and uh, Chumiye, the justice minister, uh, resigning her post, it's hard not to create a lot of uh, mm. anger and fear and controversy over prosecutorial reform so that's out of the bed for some reason and you're going to talk about this later with the big bold uh, government rollout they don't seem to be attacking on real estate policy where you might think there could be some openings there because there is um, widespread dissatisfaction with how Mm. real estate is uh, run especially in the Seoul area so not really focusing on that right now it does seem to be um, generating controversies, well, you, we talked quite a bit about the Gun impeachment, but now with this attempt to um, uh, claim North Korea was uh, the beneficiary of this secret plan to build nuclear power plants there, um, and uh, this kind of paints this narrative, oh, this uh, government is too pro-North Korea, and mm. uh, they're just giving so many favors to this regime that hasn't done anything to deserve mm-hmm. any kindness or generosity. A lot of people on the ruling party side are warning that these are mostly kind of frivolous accusations and you don't have to worry too much about them. Mm -hmm. And there have been actually uh, pretty strong rebuttals as to um, why these charges don't really hold water or even make sense because a lot of people feel that it just seems silly that this USB stick, which the U.S. already knows the contents of and everything that's already been given out and the the explanations of the only thing this would happen was after denuclearization, that that none of this is um, really going to have an impact. But the warning signs are that we are heading into Lunar New Year's holiday. And that's mm-hmm. the traditional point where in Korea, people, well, this was before COVID 19, right? Mm. But this was when you and I would go maybe to our countryside homes and visit our parents, and all these family members gather. And inevitably, one of the main topics of discussion is politics, right? So you want to push one of these big political issues during that period. And so the attempt is to push this to all of Mm. your relatives and say, wow, is the North Korean, you know, did did, uh, the moon government give North Korea all these secrets? And keep that generated as a talking point, even if these claims are false, that it would create enough doubt, especially among the elderly population. Because I think the younger population probably doesn't feel as passionate about this being such a, mm-hmm. a huge wedge issue, but for older people who have lived through the Cold War, certainly it would have some resonance. So the the warning signs are, looks like uh, they will try to keep this controversy in the news oh. for a while, at least up to the uh, Lunar New Year period, regardless of uh, uh, how um, substantial these claims are. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, moving on then, Mira, because we did mention they don't seem to be as strong on the attack on real estate but let's see how they will react uh, in the coming days after this big announcement by the government Mm -hmm. we know that uh, rising housing prices has been a big problem here in seoul it's been a big headache for the government they've had what 24 uh, some odd proposals policy measures already announced they don't seem to have had much effect yet this one was a bit different because this announcement uh not so much on the demand side, but really focused on the supply of housing. And so it was a dramatic shift from the previous policies uh, that were announced. And so they announced the biggest ever plan to supply new housing in Seoul. Could you give us the details?
1: Sure. The government announced this 25th set of measures with hope of curbing uh, house housing prices. And according to the plan, the government promised to supply 836 thousand new housing units across the country by 2025, of which 74% or 616,000 units will be in the greater Seoul area, with Seoul getting 320,000 units. And the new housing units will be provided through active redevelopment and new zone allotment projects, with public developers such as LH and SH taking the charge. The government promised to ease regulations and cut red tape to reduce the time it takes to complete a reconstruction and redevelopment projects from an average of 13 years to five. And they will encourage redevelopment of many low-rise buildings to allow developers to construct buildings higher and reconstruct semi-industrial areas into residential areas. Minister of Land Infrastructure and Transport Pyon chang said that 30% of the new housing supply will be for housing subscription, and anyone who hasn't owned a home for more than three years is eligible to apply.
0: So one of the things that stands out to you is the time frame. 2025 is Mm. less than um, five years from now, four years. 836,000 new housing units, no matter how you try to push it. New eight hundred thirty thousand houses in within four years seems very ambitious, and you can even wonder how realistic this is. It if it is possible, it certainly seems like it would have some effect because you're going to have so many more supply, and there's mm-hmm. not going to be as many speculators to try to drive up all the prices. But there is going to be some skepticism that the implementation of this is going to be very difficult for the government, right?
1: That's right. In order to supply the staggering number of uh, 830,000 or so units, which is roughly twice the number of apartments that have been supplied annually, the government should go through um, numerous consultations and make arrangements with various parties, including local governments and property owners. And the timeline the government suggested by 2025 is not about actual supply, but about securing sites. So it would take longer for the new houses to be actually uh, put on the market. And legal hurdles are also expected because it has to revise uh, numerous related laws. The ruling party and the government said yesterday that they agreed to finish necessary uh, legislative procedures within the first half of this year.
0: All right. Well, we've been talking quite a bit about politics. Uh, Let's uh, get a latest look at a snapshot of the polls right now, Uh, both for Seoul and Busan, the election two months away. The main opposition seems to have gained a little bit more steam in the past week in terms of support in those regions right
1: yes the approval rating for the main opposition people power party exceeded that of the ruling democratic party by more than 10 percentage points in both seoul and busan region according to a poll conducted by real Meter on 1511 adults across the country from monday through wednesday public support for the main opposition party jumped percentage points from last week to 37.1% in Seoul, while the ruling party lost 8.7 percentage points to 24.8%. The main opposition led the ruling party by 12.3 percentage points, which is outside the margin of error of plus or minus 2.5 percentage points. And in Busan, Ulsan, and Gyeongnam area, the approval rating for the PPP grew 3.8 percentage points to 39.4 percent, while that for the ruling Democratic Party dropped dropped, uh, by 9.2 percentage points to 24.5%, and the gap between the two rival parties widened to 14.9 percentage points. And overall, the main opposition gained 2.6 percentage points more support to 32.3%, while the ruling party lost 1.8 percentage points to 30.6% the main opposition received more public support than the ruling party nationwide for the first time in three weeks. And meters said the ruling party uh, lost some support probably because of the political bickering over the accusation of nuclear power plant construction in North, North Korea and impeachment motion of Judge Im Sung Geun.
0: Right. So as we mentioned, uh, those charges, even if they may be frivolous, having some kind of political yeah. effect indeed. Well some numbers to chew over over the weekend. We thank you, as always, for the wonderful reporting Mita. Hope you have a great weekend, and we will talk to you again next week. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you.